On this episode of the Off The Bit podcast, we have an interview with Rob Gardner. Now, he's spearheading uh, the Victorian stable workers movement. So he's championing uh, equality for stable hands and track riders. A very important interview for racing participants. Uh, very in-depth. He, he brings a lot of points to the table. Uh, we've also got uh, some racing news, the NRL, our segments. Let's go. The views and opinions put forth in this podcast by Yellowman and Roy's Reese are our views and our views alone. There's no room here for scathing attacks on the information we provide or the bullshit that manifests. We take a lot harder walk through the vast yawning chasm that is racing and sport and life. And if you don't like it, well, feel free to jog on. That's your man, Yellowman. I'm your boy, Roy's Reese. This is the Off The Bit Podcast, and we prefer our listeners. Shaken, not stirred. Not stirred. Okay, my check, my check, one, two, one, two. This is the Off The Bit Podcast. As I said at the top, we've got an interview with Rob Gardner. Very important for racing people to stick around for that. Uh, let's, uh, before we do that, follow us, of course, on iTunes, the Apple Podcast, Off The Bit. Uh, Instagram, we're Off The Bit Podcast. Uh, all of our un- inaudible jokes go on there. All of our uh, important stuff, anything sport, anything racing, will pop on there. Also, our Facebook group, at Off, it's Off The Bit if you search that in your search bar, now we'll also link up with the Victorian stable hands movement as well. Uh, Cross reference there, uh, very important uh, for everyone to get around that. Now let's, or, and also Spotify, Rolls Reese. Yeah. Yes. Are we on yet? Well, so why Spotify is a little different to iTunes. iTunes is is uh, a lot of a free range movement. Spotify, they emailed me back and said, uh, hey. At Yellow Man, uh, we'd love to have you as a part of the Spotify community. Yeah, cool. So at this stage in this email, I'm like, that's great. Yeah. They said uh, we've noticed that you're doing good things, and uh, we did hear along the grapevine that you're the you did reach uh, the top fifty sports podcasts uh, in the country. Yeah, right. They came so, again. So it's still, it's great. It's great. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm building up momentum here. Yeah. I'm reading down. I'm you know feeling good about myself. And they said. Um, Feel free to submit your RSS, which is the feed, um, yeah. to uh, to Spotify. And then I was like, again, good, about to click yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, we got 18, 18 episodes here or 20 episodes. What have you got? 19. 19. Um, I'm horrible at counting. You are, sure. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, they said submit it, and I said, yeah. And they said, okay, now we, we're happy with that. We've accepted that. Now, as long as you've got no uh, unpublished, unlicensed music tied to any of that, you're good. And I just went... Well, that's the intro music, <laughs> the background music, the the, yeah. the Joker going here we yeah, go, yeah, yeah. So we're, and I little. So they got me over a barrel. The Spotify people that if we are to, it's not that to you join, mind that though, mate, there's hey? there's a lot of yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, not really. Yeah, sounds awkward and painful. Yeah. Uh, the so there a lot of about twenty percent of our total grossing audience are Android users. The rest are iTunes and iPhone people. So for those twenty percent that can't follow us on iTunes and get their feed set directly Hold on, to hold on. There is a way that you can get it. I just signed somebody up out on the piss the other night on yeah. a Android. So leave How? it with me, guys. Uh, he, he had a podcast app on his phone uh, through 
the Android. I don't know how he did it. I'll so find usually out. It's, usually it's, I'll find out. I'll report back. Maybe, oh, is it, it's Google, it might be Google. Google Play have their own podcast. We might very, do that. Very well could could be, but um, you don't have to be on it. So it directly links up with the iTunes one. Yeah. I'm almost certain. So oh, let, let me find out and let me go talk to him. I'll sort it out and I'll come back and report next week. Oh, like you're going to put that photo up of that horse? Yeah, that, shave that, your that, chest that, instead. Yeah, exactly, clown. Uh, let's get to racing news. Let's go, uh, obviously, Winks. We haven't spoken on that. Winks 26 straight. And you know what this means? What What's that mean? Debbie Peters hasn't changed that shit again? That means Debbie Peters is keeping <laughs> that damn blue dress. I'm stuck on this dress, mate. Everyone's... Is it blue or purple? I don't know. I'm colorblind. Well, it's 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 blue, it's blue, blue and black, I guess. Hold on, hold on. Got a photo here. Yeah, it's blue and black. We're the fashion police at the moment. Yeah. Oh my god, I love it. And the blue. Like, do you reckon she dry cleans it or just stays there? Fuck knows, mate. You know, like, sure, surely she's made enough money now to get it dry. I know a lot of footballers that are like, oh, <laughs> no, I just use the same old dirty jumper and just kept, you know, one four straight, use the dirty jumper. Never wash your undies type thing. Yeah. She wears the same same knickers as well. Did we cover this before in a podcast? I don't I know. Like, yeah, we I have talked like we about have, this before. It's, it, I'm just stuck in it. You know how everyone sees Winx's form? It's like one, 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 one. one. <laughs> I just see blue dress, blue dress, blue dress, blue dress. It just, it's just, and it's Funny that it's I'm, really surprising that one's tried to copy her. You got all these winks people that have put like wink shit all yeah, over him. Go there, yeah. That's a bit how weird. about we dress up as oh, Debbie Peters? Peters. <laughs> That'd be fantastic, man. <laughs> but, but this is the thing. We though. both wear the same dress though in the one dress. Where would you find that dress? I don't Do you know. go on eBay and just go like blue and black dress? <laughs> We'll, we'll give her a call, we'll get her number, we'll get her on the show, yeah. and we'll say, we need your dress. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. We need the dress. Not the address, the dress. The dress. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that I'm so weird about it, considering I only wear one colour all the time. Yeah. And I'm I, like horribly I, yeah. superstitious. Oh, mate. Yeah. I think, well, oh, I, I, think, think, I, think, I think I'm Debbie Capitas. <laughs> let, me, let me just check my bank account. You're not Debbie Capitas. Nope, nope, not no, Debbie Capitas. No, 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 no. So, Winks, well done, Winks, the champion. I actually cried. I cried a little tear when she went past the I'm line. Sure you, I'm sure you didn't. Yeah. I did. Did, did you yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh. Allergies, man, allergies. It's, I'm going to start calling you Chris it's, Waller, it's, hey? It's, it's almost... A little joke. It's, it's, oh, oh, oh. oh, yeah, no, it's almost spring. It really choked me. What about Chris Waller? He had 30 seconds with Simon Marshall in an interview. They said, if you could go back in time, what would you change? He said, I wouldn't be a trainer. You sport uh, prick! You just you just you have, you were worth how many millions, and you got yeah. the world's greatest racehorse. Yeah. He goes, "Oh, don't do that." Yeah, yeah right. what the fuck? Yeah, good advice. Clear. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Chris. Go uh, back to counting millions. On to other big, big time horses. Shatakwa. <laughs> One last chance. <laughs> One. Oh, mate. In Australia, <laughs> in Australia, anyway, is that's what the rumors are. So. Uh, he's got to jump out again this weekend, as yeah, most yeah. of you racing folk would know. Um, a trial, official uh, trial at the races. Yeah, so yeah. they've really they've made a whole entire trial yeah, at the races. Yeah, yeah. Just for you him. know, they did this for Winks one time as well. They did, yeah. You they know, did. well they 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 made a whole race. Uh, it was a trial. Yeah, wasn't it was a, it was a trial, trial, not a race. Yeah, trial, made a whole jump trial out for out or something like that. Ridiculous, but yeah. um, the things they do for these Group One horses is the, phenomenal. The funny thing is, and this ties two of our points in here. Um, uh, Invincible Star, who's just been nominated. The uh, group who has taken her on, which I'll tell you in a second, has... um Chautauqua's no, get it up. Only in it. Yeah, it should, be in, should be right in the top of your head, just ready to go. Right, got it. 
So, uh, GPI Racing with Rupert Lee, who's in Chautauqua as well, right? Yes. So, that is almost certain that even if Chautauqua gets through this trial on the weekend, yeah. that he, he won't be in the Everest, right? Yep. Surely. Yep. Unless you've still got the ATC sitting there, which is going to use this as a bit of a marketing gimmick if mm. he does come out, trials well. Has to trial twice, though, so he's going to have to tro- do this again yeah. and then come out, and if they go, right, sweet, let's so put him Rupert, in So, Rupert Lee's... Rupert Lee's taking the slot of yeah, okay. Yeah, he's throwing his slot away. So Shit. yeah, but also on uh, uh, Everest watch, Redzel come out and absolutely flogged a trial this weekend. Impressive trial, absolutely really smoked, impressive. Didn't he? Yeah, he was flying. He was flying. I'm still not on him. He's not mine. He's not mine nope. because there was another horse in that race which was just sitting. It was ridden like a mouse. Which one? Trapeze artist. Yeah, yeah, like was, an absolute mouse. Yep. He did. He didn't do too much. Didn't mm. work to the line or anything. But yep. you know, he just looks strong in his work every time he does something. Yeah. Uh, sport news: Ben Cousins, the man Ben Cousins. <laughs> He's been done again. Caught uh, for a man that uh, AF one of AFL's probably greatest players in his time, two thousand and six. Um, uh, Brownlow Metis grand grand final winner, and then has had a litany of uh, meth uh, meth <laughs> addiction. Uh, has just come back from a year in jail um, for breaching a uh, AVO did, didn't against. Didn't even his know he girlfriend. got out at one stage. Hey, yeah, he got yeah. out. They, they, I think they let him off. He was given a job with the West Coast Eagles to like re, you know, as part of his uh, bail conditions, and yeah, right. he uh, went AWOL from that. And he's been laying pretty pretty low until um, Tuesday night when he decided to go absolutely ballistic on his girlfriend again, which he shouldn't be within fifteen feet of, nor contacting. Put a screwdriver on her in the front seat of the car and said he was going to kill her and bury her in the car Jesus. alive. Uh, and uh, that wasn't the main thing. Was and the she's fact still that with him. Like, no, no, they're, they're separated. Not, they're he just completely like stalks her. So um, the she was the police were called to the Canning Vale home. The police got there and uh, once they arrested him, they noticed that he had a little uh, bag of uh, ice protruding <laughs> from his anus. And they said, could you please remove the bag of ice? So he he decided to push it up further. (laughs) He was then taken to Armidale Hospital and had 13 grams removed from his anus and arrested and anus from From his his anus anus. and was arrested on 16 charges. One of uh, breaching an AVO, of threatening life, uh, being incompliant. uh, And the most is um, that he was uh, uh, carrying... 13 grams, which is um, narcotics with intent to sell. But it, it kind of wasn't I, like... I, 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 I don't understand the uh, th- that as a quantity of ice. I'm not too familiar with ice. Uh, just is that, about, is that, that that's a, a lot? A lot, yeah, that's yeah, a lot. yeah, 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 it's a lot. It is, uh, it's, you, they usually sell them in grams, so we basically had 13 of them, so that's... And grams like one hit, or is it like... Oh, um, um, look, don't look at me like I know. okay. I can tell you off air. Someone get in contact with us. That's, yeah, um, I'll tell you off air. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the way I think that um, that it wasn't really – I'll go into bat for him. I don't – like I really think he's ruined his whole career. He tried to sell his uh, Brownlow medal for drugs. Uh, oh, did he really? He's absolutely he's gone. He's completely gone. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm going to go into bat with him for the one thing that is intent to sell, and I don't think he would do that because it do, he does he does take about four grams. He's, his usage is four grams a day that's kind of been noted. Um, and also that it wasn't intent to sell. He did ask someone if they wanted to get some off him, and they said, oh, no, shove that up your ass. <laughs> and with that <laughs> with, with that, that let's go to some racing news we'll talk about we'll go to an interview with Rob Gardner and 
Okay, so joining us on Off The Bit is uh, a, a guy that's uh, stepped out on a limb and championing the Victorian stable workers' movement. Uh, we have Rob Gardner. Thanks very much for joining us, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, absolutely. We're, once we saw, uh, once we got wind of what exactly the movement is and uh, a little bit of, you know, with the racing industry in Australia, it's so close-knit that um, murmurs of it uh, started to poke its head maybe, I'd say, for us about a month ago or a little bit more. Um, give us a little bit of a background on yourself. Now, so basically what you're doing is you're championing the industry for participants. We're including uh, Stable Hands track riders. Yeah, that's correct. Um, I've uh, spent approximately 30 years in and out of the racing industry. You know, um, I left school at 15 and, and became uh, a stable hand in Mornington. Um, spent 10 years um, in the stables, riding track work, had a dip at amateur jump riding. Um, so I've got a bit of a background there. Um, I uh, had a bad crash in in a steeplechase and uh, I decided that that was enough for me. So I got out of uh, racing and uh, became a firefighter for 20 years. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I, um, in that time, I found myself elected uh, by members onto the board of the United Firefighters Union in Victoria, um, which was a great humbling experience. Yeah. So um, spending 12 years with probably one of the best uh, workers advocates in Australia in Peter Marshall, I've learnt a little bit. Um, so that then put me into a trajectory, I suppose, for want of a better term. I did a postgrad through Griffith University in industrial relations. Oh, nice. uh, done a, other numerous um, workplace relations uh, courses and, and similar. Um, so I, I've got a, a pretty good handle on yeah, uh, industrial relations. With great, that said, great I'm also also ready to put my hand up when I don't know something and get the advice from people that do. So, yep. um, while I've got the experience and some of the knowledge, I know my limitations as well. Yep. So uh, through um, through a sporting injury, uh, I uh, had a shoulder injury and had to. Re- Resigned from the fire brigade very reluctantly, mm-hmm. um, and so I found myself um, needing to earn a couple of dollars. So I went back to track riding. My partner uh, is in the industry as well, and um, so I sort of found myself back in track riding and uh, getting back into the industry. It really and with the industrial relations background that I learned out of the industry, I really found that the industry is so far behind in the way the employees are treated, paid, conditions, um, and that's just not in Victoria. It is national. Yes. So um, this group popped up on my Facebook page somehow for some reason. I went and met with them, um, and the rest is history in in the respect that um, I've become, I suppose, the spokesperson in the short term Yep. Um, for for this group, and uh, can I just say that um, the messages uh, I've received from around Australia in regards to um, the treatment of some employees has been um, um, just disgusting, and I'm flabbergasted that it's got this far. Yeah, is that regarding people? 
Is that regarding um, people joining your movement here or is it just in general treatment in general? Um, obviously, it's through the movement that I'm getting these messages and, and just the way they've been treated um, both through paying conditions, the bullying, um, the harassment, just the whole gamut of um, of industrial relations, workplace relations, don't has just come to the come to the front and and it's really highlighted that something needs to be done um, not just here in Victoria but uh, but around Australia in the racing industry is this fair to say that it's a an old school model that the whole racing industry the way that they are treated is is just built on something that was you know uh, constructed in the 1920s and we're still using that practice now and not adapting well to modern life as far as that goes Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, one of the biggest things for me, coming from a union membership within the United Firefighters Union in Victoria, is up around the 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 ninety five, ninety seven percentile to the union or association membership in the racing industry. Lucky to be one percent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the you know they're piles apart and and. You know, it really tells with the way the working conditions are uh, in the racing industry and how um, the racing bodies um, have been able to get away with um, allowing it to happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny that uh, when you talk about – when we're talking about uh, fairness and equality for workers, you, you – uh you look at the broad spectrum of uh, just working all across uh, the country in different avenues, but the difference with racing is that it's such a billion-dollar industry with betting, with revenue coming in. You've got races that are worth multi, multi-millions of dollars, and everything seems to be going up in that respect. And the the uh, outsiders looking in think that it's a massive, big uh, moneymaker, but the truth is that behind that, once you peel back that layer, once you get past the owners to the trainers – the next people, the bottom feeders feeding through, are the people that you are um, pointing out that are that are missing out on a fair uh, and equal sort of pay regime. Is that how you, you basically put it? Because it, it it is a lot different than your tradies, than uh, your your people working in a, in a in an office. It's it's a lot. It's a whole different beast. Oh, absolutely. And the 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 glamour of the industry, um, the fashions, the the celebrities and and all of that um they mask what's really going on yeah um you know it's great that we have horses such as winks and chautauqua and uh and and the like however um you know as people in the industry know that those horses are a few and far between um and it's like everything there's there's 30 Thirty thousand horses that will go through racing in in a in a five year period that um, would out of that thirty thousand you might get um, a, a, a hundred that will perform at um, black type yep. level. Yep. So you know it's the weight of numbers. With that, they have all those thirty thousand horses um, have to be fed, have to be cared for, have to be broken in, have to be ridden. And get to the races to find out where they're at with with their racing, whether they're going to be any good. So all of that then encompasses down to the stable staff, 
the track riders who do all this work um, six to seven days a week yeah. for, for 40, 50, 60 hours a week for very little remuneration. You could also make a case that horses, like say your, your top top echelon horses, your Winxtons and that, uh, they're still uh, group one winning or performing horses that the track rider and the, and the, and the groomsmen that look after it don't see much of that. Like it's not like it's a life-changing event to strap, you know, um, a trapeze artist or something like that, you know. it's um, you, They're putting their heart and soul in it while it's a multi-million dollar generator for the trainer. Obviously, the jockey gets his percentage, trainer, the owner. Um, but these uh, stable hands and, and track riders, like you may get a little $200 kick or something, but, the, you know, you're doing ex- you're doing the legwork for all of this and um, the, the plaudits and the, and the monetary earns from that, it, it, I, I know firsthand that it, it, it doesn't equate. Oh, that's right. And, you know, the, the, a lot of the, a lot of the time, like New South Wales are, are slowly getting it right with the one, one and a half percent stake yep. to, uh, uh, to the, to the stable staff. And, great initiative. and that's a great initiative from yes. Racing New South Wales. And that, you know, would be great for Racing Australia to uh, put pressure on all the racing bodies throughout the country to, Absolutely. to, uh, have that implemented nationally. So, and that's something from a from a uh, group or association point of view that um, I'll be taking up um, yeah, in discussions, you know, here in Victoria. I'll just run through a couple of figures from the 2016-17 racing season in Victoria. There was 551 race meetings. Out of that, 10%, 57 of those were night meetings. Yeah. Um, 8,754 horses raced. So that means 8,754 strappers went to the races. Now, some horses require two strappers. Yep. So, you know, that's, that's people that are, that are just going to the races um, to look after a horse. And, you know, with the sitting meetings, strappers have to be there a minimum two hours with the horse before the race. Yep. Um, country meetings an hour before the race uh, and, you know, each individual trainer has their own little thing, whether they want to be there an hour before, an hour and a half before. You've got travel or, time or on that whatever. as well. Yeah, tra- so yeah, then you've got time. travel time and, mm. you know, the, the, the vast distances within Victoria, let alone New South Wales or Queensland, to get to a country race meeting, you know, these, these stable staff very rarely get time to think let alone have breakfast, yeah, no, uh, exactly. have a shower to get changed yeah. to go to the races yeah. and go to the go to the bathroom. Yeah, so, and, and don't forget that they get packed in the back of a truck like cattle. Exactly, <laughs> they're just part. They're just part of the part of the convoy that's heading out to a race meeting. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, in Victoria, six point two three billion dollars was wagered on racing. That's. In this billion. one, in the one season, August to August, in one season. Wow. Okay. In two thousand sixteen seventeen, um, the racing industry made four hundred eight million total revenue. Wow. Crazy. Okay. So, you know, these are the figures that are going around for the racing industry. Yet, to crunch that down to the nth degree, the stable staff. Are, are the minimum wages are on minimum wages, and and the difference between somebody walking into a stable tomorrow and asking for a job and starting tomorrow, and somebody who's been in the industry ten, fifteen, twenty years or more, 
The big difference in wages is a dollar twenty nine per hour. Shit. That's less than that's less than fifty dollars a week. Wow. More. Yeah. So regardless, you, you know, in any other industry, in any other industry, you get remunerated for your experience. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. In yeah. the racing yeah. industry, you're lucky to get fifty bucks. And it's such an important industry to have that that. You need the experience. You, know? yes. you, need, you need that need that experience. Yeah. So it's almost like encouraging people to just go in quickly, make some money, and get out, and could absolutely fuck up your horse in the meantime, or or something like that. I, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Totally yeah. yeah, exactly. And and you know, look, time in the industry doesn't equate to experience. Um, you know, because I know some people in the yeah. industry who've been around for a while. And we all know them. Yep. <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't give them the pony to go and feed. No, exactly. So, yeah. um, but with that said, you know, what we need to do, Racing Australia brought in mandatory educational requirements in regards to um, modules to gain a certificate. Yep. So that's fine. That's that's great. That's a start. However, what we what we should be doing is having continuation training, which gives you a career, a defined career progression. Yep. So to be a stable, to come in and be a stable hand, um, you start off at, at, at the lower level and you do your three Racing Australia required mandatory modules. Then on an annual basis, you have to have X amount of modules done to get a pay rise at the at, at your twelve month anniversary to get a to go up to a stable hand level one, yep, and then another another set of modules to go to a stable hand level two, and then by the by by your third year, by the end of your third year in the industry, you've completed your certificate three in in in, in thoroughbred racing, and you therefore become a a, a, a senior stable hand or similar, yep. and you're on the highest bracket at that stage. Yeah. Then if you want to go on and do foreman and assistant trainer, yeah. then you start your certificate four modules and you go on continuation continuation training. Well, that's the way they've got it, it now is just basically you're a stable hand for you can be a stable hand for forty years and the next step up is a foreman and there's only one of them, you know, or two of them right. depending on the size of the stable. So there's basically no outlook at all for for someone that wants to chuck twenty years of uh, of working experience in the stable. You're just going to you know stay there and, and never. Increase in in uh, in pay, and you just work yeah, basically exactly. just slaving yourself like a zombie. Yeah, exactly. And it, there's and it doesn't give you it, it doesn't give you any any drive to want to no. do something better. So, no, that's right. mm. so if there's a if there's an educational drive, then it will help people. I mean, we, we're talking about an industry where um, the reality is a lot of people drop out of school because they can't they can't do the academic side of, of schooling and yep. there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I left school at 15 yep. and as an, as an older, as an adult, um, my, my educational qualifications have, have doubled because I've then had a drive to do something. Yeah. Myself um, included. Yep. It's, so, uh, you know, uh, my numerous certificates in firefighting and and the like. Oh, I didn't of, do uh, that. You mate, you're stunting you know. on me now. No, you're stunting on me. You're just stunting on you me. Know. Right? You dunked on me right and there. A, and my <laughs> and my industrial post grad. You know, but they're the things that I, as an adult, I learned that if I wanted to get somewhere in life, I had to achieve. Yep. Yep. So I had that drive. So, so moving so, moving forward, what what 
what help do you have around yourself? What support network do you have that's allowing you to achieve your well the goals of your movement here? Do you do you have um, any any sort of like industry backing of this or? Not just like within the I, horse racing industry, like do you have um, outside professionals, sources. outside sources, people that are giving you um, that that expert advice, or is it just you spearheading this at the moment? In the short term, uh, there's a group of people who have a lot of ideas um, and who have uh, the, the the passion to want to improve the industry. Yep. Um, at the moment, what we're trying to do and, and your, your um, program will assist us in getting the word out there that, that as an industry, as we need to stand together as one. We yep. need, to, as a stable hands and track riders, we need to stand together and we need to say enough is enough, we want a better deal. Yep. And it's not just about paying, pay, it's just not about pay, it's about conditions, going to the races, and being able to go to the toilet not far from where your horse is <laughs> as opposed to yeah. going, having to traipse the other side of the race course just to go to the bathroom. How many, how many, how many times have you, uh, have you seen that in your history as much as I have that uh, you, you, you'll have a strapper there that, that takes a horse that usually the, the, the time that you need to go to the toilet is when you've got a horse that can't be left alone and your trainer or anyone that's um, – in charge there are just like, well, you're staying here with the horse. You leave, the horse gets hurt, you're in trouble. So basically they put that staff member over the barrel and they basically sit there starving, needing to go to the toilet, basically convict style. Exactly. And, and you know, some trainers don't bother coming to see the horse until they have to saddle it up. Yeah. Yeah. I've so, been guilty of that. You know, that's, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the reality. So they're the, they're the things that we, we as a, a, a group want to slowly – um, improve in the industry, um, going to the races and having, you know, here in Victoria, Mooney, uh, sorry, I'll stand, stand corrected, Flemington and Caulfield give you a, a, a meal voucher Yep. Um, for, for something to eat when you get on course. Now, we, what, what we want to see is that on every race course. Absolutely, yep. Because not everybody gets a chance to stop and have breakfast or or have lunch, or or even get a chance to have dinner yeah. on their way home from the races. You go to a night meeting, um, and you've got all these other other issues that that rise. So, you know, having a um, ten thirty last race, you know, by the time you can't leave for half an hour, so by the time you get out of the the race course or able to leave the race course, it's eleven o'clock. Um, you travel an hour to get home to the stable, so there's 12 o'clock. You spend half an hour making sure the horse has got his rugs back on, he's in his feed, got his, you know, all ready. He's had his drink. You've topped his water up again because, yep. you know, um, and then by the time you get home and unwind, yeah. um, it becomes one, one thirty, two o'clock. And for those stables that start again at three o'clock or three thirty, you're back, you're back yeah. into it. And the irony of that is that you, you, the whole entire process of that strapper moving through that sort of time frame is that they are looking after the horse. Yeah. The exactly. horse gets completely comprehensively looked after all the way till it gets to go to bed and then that stable hand goes home at midnight and then they have to look after themselves for an hour and then go back to work and repeat that process of helping out the trainer with the horse all for mediocre pay. Exactly. And and under under an OHS 
under general OHS guidelines, whether it's in you know the construction industry, the fire industry, all of these other um, service industries, they've got to have an hour, a minimum eight hour yeah, break. I was going to say paid, yeah, paid uh, eight hour breaks. Yep. Why is it that the racing industry do not enforce minimum eight hour paid breaks? Yep. Because they pay casual rates and people can't afford not to go to work. Yeah. That's the thing that, that dive into this little loophole of this casual weight full time rate because that's that's a real uh, uh, trainers got a hold of this. Uh, I'd say maybe three or four years ago fully. Um, this casual rate stuff is just killing workers really because they they offer you that full time, which is basically what we just described. You're strapping, you're you're spending your whole entire livelihood attached to a horse, uh, or you go casual and then you get no benefits. Well, that's correct, and 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 they're what, both they're what, both they're both they're both low balling. They're both low ball wages, right? And and in in the in the in the award, the the trainer has a duty to offer the employer, uh, sorry, the employee a full time full time uh, position after twelve weeks of being on casual rate if that employee has been doing the same hours for that period of time mm-hmm. now a lot of the employees don't understand the ramifications they just see that they're on a higher rate of pay so they're getting the money and 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 they're they're great with that but what what they don't see is that the, then if they're offered the full-time or part-time wage they're getting annual leave sick leave uh and and these benefits that actually far outweigh the benefits of getting an extra three or four dollars a week in the pay per hour yeah. Um, they're far more greater than being on a casual rate. So trainers are getting away with not offering these positions. Now, the award also stipulates quite strongly that you cannot remove an employee to stop them from having those conditions. So you can't make, have a casual employee and then say, oh, well, there's no more job here, and then in a week's time say, oh, hang on, we still need you. So, you know, the award's quite strict on that. And that's one thing that, that I want the, the racing industry people to understand is that there's a lot of things that they're entitled to that they're actually not getting. Absolutely. So have you, being a man in the industry as well, have you had much uh, rebound off this? Have you got much flack for, for being an advocate for these, for these rights, well, simple human rights within mm. a working industry? Yeah, because you're so outspoken, has it, has, has it had ramifications on yourself? Um, no, not, not, not yet. Um, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. Uh, I'm waiting for it. However, um, the basic human rights of freedom of association um, allows me and every other exactly person in the world to have an association with a union movement, an association, or whatever group they seem fit. So the reality, to, to put it as blunt as I can, I could be a member of the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> not that I would ever, not that I would ever would be. However, the the moment the moment I step outside and 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 um, step outside the criminal or civil laws, then I'm at the mercy of the police. Yeah. Okay. But I still have a have a human right to be a part of that association. Uh, yeah, I guess bikers um, are so the same. The, yeah. the stable employees and track riders have exactly the same right, and no no trainer, no employee, other employee can tell someone 
that they cannot be part of an association or union and they cannot bully them for being part of that association or union because the law will come down heavily on them if that is the case. So, so let's fast forward. Uh, let's fast forward a couple of years from now with where you're going with this. How long do you reckon it'll take to have this narrative work its way into a poignant part within the industry itself? Do you find it's a five-year plan? Do you think it's an? It's definitely never going to be automatic with the way that the, obviously it's, it's taken a hundred years and we're still talking about it. So, uh, what, yeah. what, what what actions from yourself and from this movement? And I guess you're uh, asking a lot from the public and everyone in the racing industry to step up as well and join it. Uh, we like striking is obviously not a, a plausible thing, but if you think that that would threaten and make it accelerate, would you? Advise that? Okay, so this, this, I envisage this to be an ongoing um, association and it's a, it's a work in progress. So, mm-hmm. um, what, first and foremost, we'd love to have um, a sit down with um, Racing Victoria and the ATA. Yep. Um, and I have an open invitation to both of those organisations to um, get in contact with me um, and, and let's sit down and, and go through some of these basic issues. However, once some of these issues are resolved, um, there's, there's always going to be something that will pop up. So we, I don't believe that we will ever stop, um, you know, hopefully, you know, five years, 10 years down the track, we can, I can handball this off to the next person. Um, that that is just as as passionate and keen, and it's going to be an ongoing thing. Why do you? Um, what, what, like, do you why do you think? Sorry to interrupt you. Why do, why do you think yeah. that uh, that a strike option is not an option? Because uh, you know the two the two ones that always pop into my head are the buses and the trains. Now, when those bus drivers and those train people go on strike. Oh boy, they get those trains back running within like four hours. Like whatever they're, you know, whatever they are protesting. Once you stop that movement, uh, the government seems to be, or the governing body uh, comes to a party, and then they m- carry on with their business. You may may lose a, a day with with your transport, but it gets that important. So racing, uh, could you imagine if racing stopped for a day? It, yeah, like going to be ta- a lot of the, hungry the tab, horses out the there. The tab would, yeah, yeah, the whole or the horses, yeah, the tab, the industry, everything would just uh, absolutely hemorrhage. Why is this not a thing that we could just do and just go no? Yeah, look, strike action is is always the extreme. Nobody wants to go on strike, and nobody wants to put. Um, the public at at at, um, uh, at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there are other avenues of industrial action um, bans that can be put in place in the short term. The jockeys in Victoria put in a basic yeah. ban of yeah. doing no, doing mo- no media, and, that and within a couple of days, it it had the effect. So yep. we would envisage that through the due process of having to go to fair work and and put up a list of bands that we want to ins- uh, want to install, and then as as things escalate, we can implement some of these bands. Um, then that that would have more um, more weight than than just going flat out on strike. Yep. However, we will never ever rule out going on strike. But like I said, it is the worst 
Um, it is the worst and the last option. Yep. Um, and again, I refer back to the firefighters, um, my experience with the firefighters. Firefighters will never go on strike. Um, yeah. They have a, you know, their first and foremost is to protect life and property, and they will always respond to a fire, car accident, a person in need. Okay. That is something that will always happen. However, there are other avenues that they use that mm. get their point across yep. so that, that might not impact the public directly, however it impacts the services in a way that gets them back to the negotiating table. Yeah. I guess we're lucky you're not a, we're not a bus driver in your past life, otherwise you'd be straight to that, that strike, eh? Yeah, straight away. Yeah. Other, other, so, other avenues. And, and, and as I say, there are, there are many other, many ways to skin a cat, so there are many, many other industrial actions that we can take in the industry yep. that um, will have an effect and cause and effect um, to, to get people to talk and, and, and try and resolve some of these issues. Absolutely. Mate, um, we'll get to the tail end and we'll wrap this up. So it's, uh, I think we've covered enough that we do. Just give me, enough that we want, give me a, a couple of bullet points just to surmise the whole entire experience of what you're doing. So uh, first of all, what do we need? What, as racing participants, what do, we, what do you need from us? You need just uh, to support your uh, initiative for a start? First and foremost, yeah, look, the, the, current, the current Facebook page is the Victorian Stable Workers Movement. Yep. Um, the, more, the more people that get on there to, to like the page, um, the better from the industry because it's going to be the platform where myself and, and our other, other um, people will give the information that we need, yep. um, that we want to put out to everybody. The other, the other key one, and, and I, can't, I can't stress this enough, is that in the weight of numbers, everybody has to do their part. Yep. So we have to be unified as one. Yep. So if, if in Victoria we put in an industrial ban of, um, of, of you know, no, nobody goes into the mounting yard for 10 minutes when called, yep. then everybody, and I'll just use that as an example, everybody must not go into the mountain yard yeah because that is that is how we will get the message across yep um you know and look everybody there are people in the industry who will go well why why would i need to um be part of this i'm on good wages and conditions that's fine and we we appreciate that but the person that the person next to you at the races might be getting underpaid. Oh, yeah, look, might be, it'd be look, you look, know, look left and right, and you'd see like ten on each side that aren't. Exactly. So, and and as we know with the racing industry, what you're doing today may not necessarily be what you're doing tomorrow. Yep. So you know you're getting good paying conditions today. However, who knows what's around the corner? You might not be working for that person tomorrow. So therefore, you're going to have to go find a job somewhere else. Yep. And those working conditions might not be as good. So, you know, it's all about all in together, strength in numbers, and one of the key catchphrases that I use on our Facebook page is stronger together, and we will become stronger together if we do it as one. Well, as a racing collective, we come together when we need to in times. Obviously, with the Jockeys Association, that's very prevalent. That started with a little idea. 
uh, and everyone realised that there's a lot of families hurting from uh, injured and, and passed away uh, jockeys and track riders. Uh, even just uh, uh, another example is that, do you remember when they tried to make us wear those stupid helmets that made us look like fucking mushrooms? Um, yes. The whole industry got together and signed petitions and they got rid of that absolutely bananas idea from someone that had no idea they looked like bike helmets. But the racing industry exactly. said, you know what? No, we don't. Well, for a start, with the Jockeys Association, they said enough is enough. We need to support families of injured and, and uh, passed away jockeys. Uh, and that collective gained momentum. And now it's one of the most uh, important uh, funds in, in sport is the uh, Jockeys Trust. Um, exactly. Uh, and that, you know, that's, that was for the welfare of uh, families and everyone in racing. Um, and, and to the lesser extent, the helmets were no one wanted these helmets imposed on us. And we all stood up and said no, and then they listened to that. So I don't see why everyone that's struggling in this sort of uh, the little bottom of the pool there can't all come together as well and say, yeah, well, it's our turn now. You've fixed this and you've fixed that. Help the people that are stuck on trucks for, you know, in 40-degree heat in the back of a truck going hours and hours on end for, for miserable pay, and they're miserable and they have no outlook on life. That This is what needs to happen and make everyone's life better. And... Um, on behalf of us, the Off The Beat Podcast, we thank you very much for joining us and most importantly for starting it. Is there anyone else you want to uh, name that uh, that is uh, is accompanying you with this? Like a, uh, you're, I understand you're a group. Um, shine them a little bit of light as well because they deserve all the plaudits. Yeah, um, I, I, I would like to thank the, the, the group that started this originally down in Flemington and, and um, unfortunately um, some of those people are, are still quite a bit uh, gun shy, and which is the nature of the industry in terms of yeah. um, uh, they, you know, through fear of some backlash. So um, um, those people that that did start it, they know who they are. Um, I, I've done the respect and, and asked them if they wanted to be named, and at this stage, um, they, they they do not want to be named at this stage. However, they do know who they are, and. Um, you know, these are the people that really did stand up to start with. Yep. Um, and I have the experience um, and I'm quite happy to be the spokesperson to, to take this forward. So, um, you know, as I say, it's, it's, it's about everyone. It's not about me or, or, or a small handful of people at Flemington. This is about the racing industry around Australia. So don't be gun-shy about the Victorian Stable Employees Movement um, page. Um, it, it, for want of a better term, its name will eventually change uh, and it will encompass all of Australia. Good. Um, with that said, I just want to also add that there was a group um, that launched uh, on Facebook or Twitter or something um, just last week that is protect... Uh, I say pretending that is um, professing to, to also be an advocate for the stable employees. However, I, I sort of question the bona fides of that group considering, um, from my understanding, there is trainers involved in that group. Oh, right. And okay. I, really, hey, yeah. I really feel that there's too much of a conflict of interest for them to be involved in the improvement of working conditions for yep. stable employees considering, you know, if 
if they haven't improved their stable employees' working conditions, then yeah. how can they advocate for others? So, yeah, well, look, we, um, I, I think we learnt with uh, with Craig William uh, with uh, with uh, John. Uh, was it Wayne Hawkes talking about the the jockeys up upping the price there? And he sort of sat there and took pot shots at Craig Williams pulling up in a BMW. And I'm pretty sure, goddamn, that he doesn't drive a Datsun 480B, does he? No, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I um, I'd like shit. to see the car park around his stable. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's in good nick. Yeah, exactly but, right. Um, yeah, I certainly won't be hunting to a tit for tat with the trainers. But um, you know, what I again would like to open up an invitation to to the trainers association and to Racing Victoria in the short term to uh, to make contact with me and and let's uh, start a conversation, sit down and have a have a bit of a meeting and. Um, and just sit down and work out what what we can do in the short term uh, and then also in the long term. Um, one final thing is that the uh, the wages that is being paid is is a key issue. Yep. However, there are a, 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 a gamut of other issues that we want to also uh, work out with um, with the racing body. So um, it will be a national issue. Yep. However, we're just we're just starting off. Small. We're, we're we're crawling before we walk. Yep. So um, you know, but if everybody around Australia gets on board, if they've got questions, feel free to direct message me through the through the Facebook page. Yep. Um, and uh, I'll get back to you as soon as I possibly can. And the other thing about about to our listeners as well, I know this doesn't affect our a lot of our listeners directly, but it helps improve the industry as, as a whole. You've got you to start at your foundations, yeah. and these guys are really the foundation of our industry. That's where everything begins and everything is held tight. It, it's actually, we need to support them and help build this industry it, it's, together it's if quite, we all enjoy it. It's quite funny, Rolls Reese and Rob, that a lot of our a lot of our listeners are actually stable hands, and they listen to this podcast a lot when they're strapping. You know, when they're standing around for those two or three hours, a lot of them, are, you know, if, if we, we usually go to every Tuesday, we push this back so we could have this talk with you. But uh, if we miss a Tuesday and uh, a lot of our listeners are, are at a Tuesday meeting, I'll, I'll get messages saying, where is it? You know, like it's the only thing that passes this four hours that I'm standing in next to this horse at the races. So um, this is to our listeners that are doing the, the legwork, working the Arvos and, and, and all that Um Definitely uh, get onto this website and, and follow Rob's initiative and, and we'll support it in every way we can, mate. So thank you very much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. You've opened up our ears and our minds to uh, the insights of it. And uh, uh, we'll st- stick with you for a, a good long period too, mate. Thank you very much for joining us. Cheers. Yeah, look, thanks, guys. I really appreciate, again, the um, the opportunity to, to put our message out there to to everybody in the industry, to the owners and to the public to to highlight how broken the industry really is. Yep. Great. Great way to end that. We'll end it on that. That's perfect, mate. Thank you very much for joining us and uh, we'll definitely keep in touch. Uh, we'll uh, we'll share our your site onto our site. Uh, I'll do a little bit of uh, cross-marketing there and we'll, we'll push it as much as we can. Thank you very much and good luck in the future, mate. Hopefully we're talking in a couple of years when we've seen some difference. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you very much, Rob. Take care, mate. Bye. So we're going to put up a uh, video online as well of just us reading out uh, Rob Gardner's email there for anybody that's interested. Um, Jump, jump on, and uh, we'll we'll have all that information for you. Absolutely, Uh, it's a really good cause to get behind because, like, like it's helping that foundation there. There's a lot of people that are really mistreated in the industry, underpaid. There's a lot of movements going, yeah. you know, in 2018. There's the Me Too movement. Everything that where people are saying, 
enough is enough. So I don't see why the racing industry is uh, any different, and we're happy to yep, stand by. Exactly. Mm. Cool. Okay, uh, you've got a Back to the Future. We're going to go back to an old school segment. I do have a Back to the Future. Go. It's uh, it's a little off the cusp, so it's not mm-hmm. for your average punters, but it's something that's been really prevalent this week. Back on everything. You know why? Yep. Because we had time to sit back this week and check out other things that are going on in the world. Yeah. You know? we weren't, it wasn't just sport, without, was it? It wasn't just sport. So... Uh, with all this leadership nonsense malarkey that's going on with uh, Malcolm Turnbull and, mm-hmm. and the and the Liberals at the moment, I, I went, love politics. I, I was sitting there this morning just before we went. I'm sure you do. You look like you love it. <laughs> I went in and I thought I'll have an interesting Back to the Future for everybody yeah. instead of break up that mundane sort of stuff. So what we're going to do, people? We're going to bet on two things. We're going to go from the lead, the the second leadership ballot. Mm-hmm. So to bet on the new person will come in if Malcolm Turnbull gets rechallenged again. Yep. So he's paying about thirty six bucks. This is all on sports bet as well. Okay. Okay. Thirty six. You've got me interested, right? Yep. So thirty six bucks. I'm in. I'm not in on Malcolm Turnbull. Yeah. Just because I don't think it's there for him. But what I'm going to have a bet on is Scott Morrison at two sixty five. Two dollars sixty five. Okay. So what we're going to do though is he's the least singer of the doors. Pardon? Lead singer of the Doors, is he not? <laughs> no. So we're going to go straight straight into uh, Jim a next a next a next election as well. <laughs> Stop fucking up my thing. <laughs> we're going to go into a um, the next PM vote as well, and we're going to bet on Bill Shorten because Labor he's yep. ahead of Labor. Surely yep. they're going to take out next one. Yeah. So we're going to go Scott Morrison. Yep. $2.65 for the next uh, leadership ballot, yep. and we're going to go Bill Shorten at $1.40 for... $1.40? Uh, $1.40. Better than Winks, though, mate. That was, um, it's better than Winks. Shut up. Was It, it was $2, two dollars this morning, but it shortened. <laughs> <laughs> can we do more, can we do, do, do you know can what? We, can we on, do more politics? Because I'm loving it. I'm yeah, in a bag right now. On that note, uh, Hubie's back. Let's go to Hubie. Let's go to NRL Hubie. NRL round 23 and we head to Queensland, home of the Ekka. But were there Ekkies on deck at the infamous barbecue gate where Wayne Bennett and love child Darius Boyd sipped a few great northerns and gently caressed each other's nutsacks in defiance to team policy? However, they smoke and peace pipe and they join together as one to run the Rabbitohs ragged, don't you know? Little Richard Kenner said good golly Miss Molly like he was on opioids as he was totally stuck in a trip man and left his wing on more than one occasion and let Corey Oates sow his wild seeds. Footnote, David Fafita became the first player born in the 2000s to score a try, and boy, I remember being on hand when Clive Churchill scored his first try in 47, when admission was sixpence and a tip of the hat to your local gentry. Full-time Brisbane, 38 South 18. To the aptly named Lotto Land, do uh, where's and guess what, Trent Barrett, your numbers up as the Sea Eagles played Powerball for one half of play, and just like the real thing, were taxed half their earnings and left with nothing as the Titans come all over the defence, and just like swallowing, it was so long to the seamen. Titans 42, useless pricks 34. To Melbourne and fiery storm coach Craig Bellamy told his players to go out and fucking crush the Knights and Will I Am Chambers did exactly that as he smoothed out lady lumps on the top of Jared Haynes' spinal column. And speaking of columns, that's another L appearing in that stat line for the Eels as ha <laughs> ha Nelson Asafa Solomona crashed his way over 
And even without lights, Cameron Action Smith, whom's back has been carrying the team all season, crumbled and disappeared much like their salary cap paperwork. Melbourne's shoot to the tippity top, 20 points to four. To Leichhardt Oval and the Gang Green Dragons stop the rot of dead limp losses in recent weeks to tame the Pussycats in a much welcome return to form in front of a crowd of black and orange and no that's not racist. Ben Hunt continues to be a little baby back bitch and thank god Kurt manned up and took the attention away from old Butterfingers. Tariq Sims hit the line like Charlie Sheen but Luke Garth Brooks said Ain't no way you're coming in as he turned into the human speed hump to deny the big unit and the West Tigers will have a whole off season to play with their Jack de Bellens. As yibbity yibbity, that's all folks, 20 to 10 the scoreline. To Shark Park, and I'll tell you one thing, Shane Flanagan, you fucked up. You fucked up. You fucked up good as David Fafita gave the Sharkies coaching staff something to think about in next week's game plan. And Josh Dugan's incredible crash dummy body has been put together for a few more games just in time for the world uh, for the world Sharkies. The Cowboys season has now gone into palliative care and they will go on to a better place. That's the season done for them. Sharkies up. Go, 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 go Lachlan. It's your birthday. You kicked a field goal but you shouldn't have been allowed to do so in the first place. Birthday boy Lachlan Lewis was left completely alone to kick the match winner and another Warriors weak effort sees them plummet from the summit to base camp and 8th heading into the finals. Sean Magic Johnson was his creative best and the only thing he didn't catch was HIV as the success of the Kiwis rests solely on his major stick. Carrot Walters Holland and Josh Axon Jackson ensured there's something there for the West support Westie supporters next year as they make a dash for forgiveness and edge closer to avoiding the spoon with a 27 to 26 victory. And you know how this goes. Finally, to Canberra where the field looks so good I wanted to fuck it and cockadoodle do you roosters feel cocky? No, because the top of the table roosters sauntered into the nation's capital with all the arrogance of eastern suburbs fuckwits as the Raiders snapped a four-game losing streak on the back of the Chooks and knocked them off their cocky perch and on and to the second on the ladder to the storm. It is the end of the season for the green machine and Ricky Stewart said, fuck, 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 Back to you in the studio, boys. Thank you very much, Hubie. Uh, only a couple more weeks left of uh, Yeah, Hubie. the hey, season is wrapping up. So. Sure, uh, our, our production uh, manager here, big time Ben, going to be happy about that. Has to stop beeping him out now. Yeah, it's a lot of taxing work trying to censor Hubie Brown. Does a great job, though. I'm going to miss Hubie. We do have someone else to come in to do the finals. Oh, do we? Yeah, yes. Oh, you've got another, mate. Yeah, we've uh, well, obviously Hubie's contract was only built just for the regular season. I he was on a performance base, and uh, <laughs> with that sanction halfway through, obviously he slipped up there. So performance we've decided you. not to continue his contract, but uh, we have someone stepping into just end of the final, someone a little bit more fiery. I think he's yeah, Hubie, no. Hubie, yeah. So I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to know this. Know. We'll find out. It's a finals week one, you'll know. So, uh, winners and losers. Yeah, I've, I've got a I've massive... Done it in a couple of weeks. I've got a great... Uh, you go first, because I'll, uh, I'll find one. My winner is uh, a US congressman, to stay in theme with politics here, Duncan, Dun- Duncan Hunter. Uh, look, he just tried to get away with a bit too much, you know? Uh, charged an extra 250 k to his um, expenditure account. 
on things like uh, video games and <laughs> stuff like that. It pointed yeah. his wife to his uh, campaign leader and up the salary by five hundred grand. Oh yeah, uh, five hundred dollars a day or something like yeah. that. And then um, his wife then got to use the account because she's campaign manager mm-hmm. and got a bit of dental work done and oh, claimed that it was yeah, under, yeah. <laughs> uh, if, under... You can't uh, see, but Reese is doing the air bunnies, the old quotation marks. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was the... Insert air bunnies here. Yeah. Mm. You know, like Joey back in the day. That's not like a the, politician to be able to do that. No, but I just found it funny that he... He's, so the best one is when his wife got the dental work done, said it was for a... Um, a, a charity of some sort huh. called Smiles for Life. Oh, right. Smiles <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. for Wife. So, yeah. Oh, <laughs> spin zone. But, yeah. yeah. So good on you, Shags, for uh, trying yeah. to trying to take uh, the US for a bit of a run and being a bit more colourful than yeah. Australian politics. I, you know? I want my Australian politicians to just uh, rack up ma- massive bills with uh, with brothels on, <laughs> on on the government's credit card and just think, how did I how did I get caught? Pretty sure they do, anyways. It's they do. Well, I think they're just like dickhead. Stop! I think it was Graham Egg, well, Graham Richardson. I think he got caught at a gay one. Oh, <laughs> yeah, good idea. Whatever your vice is. Yeah, yeah. Not discriminating. We're uh, we love everyone in this podcast. I've got another winner. I love this guy. This is my sport guy. Of, I reckon the year. The would, year. Oh. Is there going to be a sport guy that's going to beat this guy? This is um, the Browns. The uh, Cleveland Browns. Offensive line coach Bob Wiley. Now, uh, if you don't know what an offensive line is, if you think about gridiron, you think about quarterbacks and uh, athletic African-Americans, and then you just got the glob of fat guys <laughs> in the middle that are huge and wear spandex and bulge out of everywhere. And uh, he's the offensive line coach, so he's in charge of them. And him himself, he looks – he's fat. Um, he also looks a lot like the Lorax which is crazy for me. A fat um, Lorax. Fat Lorax. Now, he uh, he was uh, mic'd up going through his offensive line coach, uh, lo- offensive line players, and they were stretching. And he went a little rant about stretching. Not a fan of it. Doesn't look like he's a fan of stretching. But um, <laughs> it, uh, we'll play the audio now. World War One, World War Two. all those guys that fought in that war, right? They did push-ups, jumping jacks, sit-ups, climbed the wall and ran. But none of this fancy shit, okay? Right? And they won two world wars. Two world wars by doing jumping jacks, push-ups, and sit-ups. Two world wars. You think they were worried when they're running across Normandy about fucking stretching? Are you kidding me? Huh? Well, let me see. Give me my rubber band so I can stretch to run across that fucking beat. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. It's you know the Americans like those. He's obviously got that Boston accent. The Boston accent. You fucking <laughs> kidding me? You want to run across fucking Normandy? You want to fucking grab your rubber bands and stretch? You fucking kidding me? <laughs> Love those girls, man. Well done with that accent, mate. Yeah, how good is it? You yeah. nailed that one. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, a little well bit done. of Peter Griffin. <laughs> 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 oh, Chicago. That one. That's what that is. All right, no, let's, <laughs> let's wrap it up, man. On, That'll do. On, on that note, um, stay tuned for the video we're going to chuck up with uh, Rob's email on that for anybody interested in getting contact with him. Other than that, that's it. That's it. That's us. We wrap out. It up. Peace. Play the music, big time, Ben.